1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
0: Well, every day we get up in the morning, don't we, and we look at the news headlines, we check the numbers, we see what new developments are taking place in the issues that surround coronavirus. Well, let's talk today on a dimension that isn't being discussed much at all. And especially in the mainstream media, let's talk a pro-life take on the coronavirus, because the pro-life take may well be in favour of all of those who are elderly or indeed, in some ways, immune compromised people. Let's talk through pro-life issues today with Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020.
1: Great to be back.
0: Bill, I suspect if you have a pro-life approach, there are no easy answers to the way forward with the sort of crisis created by COVID-19.
1: Yeah, well, I've often said now uh, in my many articles, I've done over 40 on corona, wouldn't have thought that uh, three months ago that uh, I would be doing so much on this kind of topic. Um, But yeah, I've said many times that the wisdom of Solomon is certainly needed for all of our leaders, for government officials, politicians. Uh, It is a balancing act. And when it comes to life, of course, we affirm that all life is precious, not just some. So we want to minimize unnecessary taking of life in all uh, areas. So when it comes to Corona, of course, we As i and others have said we have two main crises we have the virus itself taking life although really not many at all certainly compared to the dire projections made by some of our uh, experts uh, just a few months ago and we have the economic crisis which can well uh, be just as fatal to just as many people we know that mental health issues go up uh, during times of unemployment. We know that suicides really go up as well during these tough economic times. So any pro-life Christian or anybody, for that matter, who's concerned about saving life will have to ask hard questions of you know all aspects of this debate. We want to have sensible health measures in place to protect people, but we also want to have sensible government and economic policies that, uh, if we're not careful, we end up with the cure being much worse than the disease.
0: Well, we're in a very difficult place. If we were doing crunching of numbers and calculating how many lives might be lost if the virus was just left to run its course, how many lives will be lost if it is not left to run its course and we take all of those precautions but we cause all sorts of other issues to take many many lives on the other side of the equation no easy win-win here and no doubt bill when our political leaders are calling shots making decisions we hope that there is a certain level of discernment as to the ones that they are making i guess that's why we pray for our leaders
1: yeah absolutely and we've got to keep praying um Uh, It is tough. Um, You know, we've said all along, certainly I have, that, you know, there is a place for some government intervention. There is a place for some clampdown on individual liberties. Hardly anybody I know is saying nothing should have happened. Obvious things should be still taking place, Uh, social distancing, you know, simply washing your hands, you know, all the obvious good steps that we need. But again, the numbers have been so very rubbery for any number of reasons. A lot of guesstimates going on here, a lot of wild modeling and projections. Uh, Early on, we were told Australia could easily lose 150,000 people dying to corona. I actually had one guy, an intelligent guy, tell me uh, a million Australians might die. Well, at the time of our uh talk, uh there's something like seventy four Australians. Now that's sad, obviously. But uh, you know, the projections and the experts have been, well, radically off. Really, really quite wrong. So if we have bad modeling, bad numbers, uh rubbery figures and then governments making policies based on those really quite wrong numbers Uh, Again, we can end up with a lot of trouble. Now we have plenty of economists uh, telling us what the economic numbers are looking like. We are already getting up to close to a million unemployed Australians. Uh, In Victoria, where I live, we're now being told that this will be the worst economic crisis the state has faced Since the Great Depression, that there will be hundreds of thousands unemployed, that it may never fully recover the economy. So we really have to look at both. We have to look at sensible health measures, but we have to look at whether government overreaction is actually adding to the problem instead of uh, making things better.
0: Bill, if we look at a pure pro-life perspective, uh, in months gone by, we've been critical of the new legislation introduced into a number of different parliaments with regard to this issue of euthanasia. You have in Victoria euthanasia laws, and we've been saying that's an attack on the elderly. All of a sudden we have coronavirus and from the pro-life position you'd be saying, isn't it good? There's been a lockdown because it's all about protecting the elderly. Uh, There's a few different uh, areas here where uh, there could be a little bit of hypocrisy in the way that people are behaving with the protection of the elderly. But what are your thoughts around having a pure pro-life approach?
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Not just euthanasia, abortion as well. Notice how many abortion clinics, both here and overseas, are still open. They're open for business. They're still happily killing unborn babies. Uh, And yet the governments are telling us, well, we have to do everything we can to protect human life. Well, if they were serious and consistent then, yes, as you say, they would be not pushing these radical euthanasia laws through. They would not be pushing radical abortion legislation through. So we really do have some double standards here and some selective moral outrage. Uh, again, I prefer we, um, we stand up for all of life. And, again, when I speak, as I have been so often now, about our, some of the economic and political measures being a bit too much, a bit too heavy-handed, that they're going to cost untold problems as well. I have been accused by many. Oh, Bill, so you don't care about lives being lost? I mean, I just, uh, my mind boggles when people tell me something like this. Actually, I care about all lives being lost. And if they're lost by a virus or if they're lost as a result of draconian economic devastation, uh, guess what? They all matter. We should be concerned about all lives. And I'm, I'm getting so many people just focusing on the medical side of the equation, which is obviously very important. But there's other aspects as well. There is the economics, the social, the political, the legal. Uh, all these things are part of the mix. And if we only look at uh, we have to stop the virus. We have to get the curve absolutely flat. Some are saying we should keep the lockdown for 18, 24 more months or until a vaccine is found. I mean, uh, that's, for me, madness. It's, it's the end of uh, society as we know it. Uh, many are saying it's overdue now. We should start looking at at least a slow, incremental easing up of all the restrictions so that people can go to funerals of loved ones so that grandparents can see their granddaughters and grandsons uh... i think sensible steps in this line is important uh... but you know uh... we again keep praying for our leaders because uh... It's uh, right now. It's it's pretty tough times out there.
0: You've sought to bring some context to the way we are concerned about risks, and on the other side of the occasion, costs and benefits. And mm. Bill, you've used the cigarette smoking industry as a bit of an example there. Lots of lots of lives lost, and uh, but still, people are allowed to smoke cigarettes.
1: Yeah. Well, again, it's you know the kind of. Inconsistencies in government policies and moralizing. uh, It's so often said that all these lockdowns are absolutely worth it. We have to do it. Even if it saves just one life, we're told, one life, then all this was worth it. Well, if we were consistent here, again, 74 Australian lives lost so far to Corona. I think it's something like 20,000 a year who lose their lives due to cigarette smoking so if governments were consistent here if we can only save one life it'll be worth it let's clamp down and ban all cigarette smoking now maybe there's a a case for that but you could also look at other risky activity how many car accidents do people get into every year how many fatalities on the road every year again if we took this same Mindset we would say, okay, we 're going to have to ban all driving, get rid of every car on the road, every motorcycle, every truck. After all, if it saves one life, it'll have been worth it. Well, again, most people would say life is full of trade offs uh, you know we take risks and we try to have balanced assessments of the costs and benefits and uh, I think it's the same here. we want to save lives and a virus crisis, but we also want to save lives if the economic downturn gets to be so uh, devastating as well.
0: Bill, a conversation I had just over a week ago suggested there was an imbalance in the way the government was receiving advice. Obviously, a lot of advice coming from the medical community and uh, very valuable advice when it comes to a devastating virus like coronavirus. But there was criticism over some of the advice the government was receiving from economists, and we might assume that many in the government are already economically qualified. But there was also the idea of people who are constitutional experts. We're talking lawyers and people who are sociologists, researchers who can understand the effects of decisions made. Perhaps not quite the right balance is being approached with our governments. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, we do need all these experts in the mix. Uh, We can't only talk about the medical side of things. We need also the economic, political, and legal, and social side of things. So, yeah, we need experts from all these areas, and we hope that they can get things right. You rightly mentioned the medical projections, the medical predictions, the modeling, Uh, And as I said, some of them have been way, way, way off, amazingly off, Uh, and yet as far as I know, I haven't heard any apologies from any of them. Again, we're thankful for the medical experts, the epidemiologists, and so on. We are grateful they're there. But sometimes you have to ask, if you get things so very wrong, it'd be nice to say, well, oops, we, we, we blew it, actually. We we gave you some bad advice, and that's resulted in maybe a heavier shutdown that was really uh, required. Uh, you know, that, that would, I think, help a lot of people who are now in lockdown, who haven't seen their grandchildren or haven't made it to a wedding or a funeral uh, can't even maybe do their own exercise alone on a beach. I think it would help them to hear some of these government experts saying, oops, we got it wrong, we apologise.
0: Well, Bill, I know you and I will agree, we're not out of the woods yet, and there are still big decisions, big important decisions that will need to be made by our governmental leaders and our prayer is going to be that they'll take good advice, discerning advice, based on a balance of all of the possibilities. I know you've been writing a lot about coronavirus of recent times and the sort of take you have on coronavirus different to what people will read elsewhere. So I'll point people to the Culture Watch website. Simply go to Culture Watch. You can Google that one word, Culture Watch, or go to BillMullenberg.com and check on the latest articles written by Bill. Bill, great getting your insights as always. Thanks so much for a pro-life take on coronavirus today on 2020.
1: Many thanks. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.